0: Thank you for tuning in. I appreciate it. To all of my new listeners, um, in case you don't know, this is a recap and reaction show. I'll be watching Power every week and recapping and reacting to the episode from how I see it through my eyes. I do have an Instagram. If you guys want to follow me, go ahead. The name is Limitless underscore E. That's Limitless underscore E. You can follow me. Send me messages. Let me know what you guys think of the podcast. I do see that I do have a new audience in the SWATANY. So if you're in the Swatney and you're hearing this, thank you for listening to my podcast. Please continue to support it. I appreciate it. I want to thank everybody everywhere for listening. I really appreciate it. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. That way you'll get notification as soon as I release any episode. Um, I don't only do recaps for power. If you go look at past episodes, I also did a recap and reaction to the third season of The Shy. That's another TV show that I like. Besides these fictional television shows, I've also released podcast episodes on my real-life experiences. Um, you know, if you've had asshole bosses at your job and, um, you know, they were just horrible towards you for no reason, then go check out my Karma episode. You'll definitely like that. Um, if you've had run-ins with police, check out my Popo episode, uh, the Can We All Just Get Along episode, which obviously the answer to that. Given what the fuck has been going on in the world nowadays, the answer to can we all just get along is hell fucking no. Um, Check out that episode. Of course, the coronavirus is still going on. Um, I did an episode on that. You can check that out. I'm a 90s baby, so I did an episode on that. So, you know, it's a few things that you may like besides just listening to me talk about power and the shy. So go check out those episodes. I did do a Kobe Bryant versus LeBron James pod. So um, if you are stupid enough to feel like LeBron is better than Kobe, you'll definitely want to check out the Kobe Bryant versus LeBron James episode. If you have friends that are a LeBron or a Kobe fan, um, definitely you know, let them know about that episode. I'm pretty sure they'll love to hear it. Um, I also did an episode on Black Mirror uh, with the co-host. So there's a lot that you guys can listen to, and there's a lot more to come. So thank you to all my listeners. I appreciate it. Um, if you like this show and you've been a long time listener do me a favor tell your friends about it and tell your friends to tell their friends about it and also subscribe to the podcast because I do release content on a weekly basis and sometimes I might just drop bonus content so you definitely want to subscribe to this podcast and I definitely appreciate it now let's get into the show Just as suspected, the Tejada's run shit with Monet as the HBIC. The whole hood is selling they shit. That combined with Monet having Officer Ramirez in her back pocket, plus her powerful husband that's locked up in prison right now, makes them almost untouchable. And I do mean almost, because they do have some weaknesses, and I'm going to get to those weaknesses. That's in the Tejada family and organization. I thought I would get my wish two minutes into the show, and that's one cane kill per episode, but note, he just walked up on the homie, cracked his shit, told him, listen, next time have my money or it's not going to be as nice. I'm pretty sure that was more than enough to get the message to homeboy, because if it wasn't, he going to be right where Uncle Frank is at, chopped up and stinking like some chitlins. Ugh. If you listen to last week's recap and reaction, you know I asked this question. What happened to the tough, thick skin, I'm ready for whatever quick on her feet, Tasha? You know, this Tasha. Why do you have a gun? For protection, you know how the hood was. It was in the glove compartment. As the cops walking up, I take it out, put it in my purse. Now that's the bullshit she said the first time she told that story to her homegirls in that spot. Now she's sitting in the courtroom scared for her life and this is the bullshit she says. We got pulled over on the BQE. I was seven months pregnant with our twins. Tariq, and Randy. James had a gun in the car. He told me to hide the gun because he said that I wouldn't be searched. I hid the gun in my maternity dress next to my babies. In your what, Tosh? Straight cabin. Too bad Keisha not allowed to take the witness stand and tell everybody that you cabin. Tasha was all out there in the streets, and like Brandy, she just wanted to be down. Now she hit the fan, and she out here looking like Takashi. Tasha six nine is wilding for respect. She also out here doing favors for inmates. We also know that the inmate's name is Layla, which means she is not a throwaway character. So, so if you're expecting Tasha to get out anytime soon, forget about it. She gonna be in there for a while. This case ain't going nowhere. I can see her being locked up for the entirety of the season. Tasha was able to fool the jury at the mock trial, but not Tamika Washington. Tamika Washington came for that ass. James found out about our relationship. Are you about to tell this jury that James St. Patrick killed Terry Silver over jealousy? Over you? He was Angela's man by then. It's the truth. No, Tasha, this wasn't personal. Had Tasha stuttering and everything. Not only did she bring up Angela Valdez, she also mentioned Ramona. And speaking of Ramona, Why on earth wasn't Ramona at Ghost's funeral? Will she make an appearance in this show at all? I would love to know. Or is her character done? She should have definitely been at James St. Patrick's funeral. We were also introduced to Marky Mark. The contractor that was taking pics of Layla and Tasha. So he can take whatever information he found out back to the big home in Lorenzo. It's clear that Lorenzo is still calling shots from prison. One of the workers from the Tejada family is flexing online and a message needs to be sent. Big homie Lorenzo knows what Kane gonna do. We all know what Cain gonna do. So because the big homie Lorenzo says so, nothing's gonna happen. Lou Guap's father saved Lorenzo, so now, out of respect for the father, he gonna let the son live. And they want the homie Little Drew to address the situation. I was hoping Kane would deliver because we know how Kane get down. But when the big homie gives orders, those orders gets followed. He is the only person Monet listens to. Kane is reckless, and he about that action. Drew, he's a lot more calm and reserved. Unfortunately, he doesn't get as much respect as Kane gets. Considering the fact that Drew was in Little Guapo's spot, addressing him the way he was addressing him, he was holding his own for a little bit, and he was definitely ready for the action if action needed to pop off. But Big Brother Kane had to step in and let Little Guapo know what the fuck is up, and it almost cost him. And I will revisit that situation again shortly. Kane busses off the shots. The two of them dip off. Luckily for the two of them, and for the whole Tahada family, Officer Ramirez and his partner were patrolling the area. But like I said, I'm going to come back to that. Now to Tariq. Tariq seemed to be turning the corner in Stansfield. I felt that was a healthy, respectful debate he had with Professor Simmons. And so did Professor Reynolds. But because Tariq didn't stand his ground, and write the paper on the argument that he made for himself, which in my opinion was valid, even though it went against what Simmons said. Professor Reynolds failed him, which is a teaching moment for Tariq. Hopefully he'll learn and grow from this one. But if he doesn't, I don't think it'll be long for Professor Reynolds anyway. i get to that in predictions. Tariq's homie Braden is a major key in this big money scheme. <coughs> I told you, Tiffany. <coughs> Excuse me, has something in my throat. Um... Reek also called on his homie Epiphany to distract Scott, who's their competition, who was at the party, where they told Scott that he ain't have what they wanted or enough of what they wanted, cause Scott wasn't coming through for the students at Stansfield. What's up, Scott? Don't you have anything we can actually have fun with, Macklemore? No, man, I'm all right. You're always looking out. And Scott sure was distracted because, you know, who wouldn't be distracted by Epiphany? But real shit, thanks to Epiphany, Tariq was able to make the party get his shit off and make some money. He didn't make a lot, but he made some. It's not enough though. Tariq's going to need some help. That being said, he's continuing to do Zeke's homework. He's writing all his papers for him just so Zeke can stay at Stansfield and make the basketball team. He's currently on academic probation, but Tariq is trying to get him up out of that. But because of the academic probation, he won't be able to participate in tonight's game, unbeknownst to Monet. Now, I must say, Kudos to Mary J. Blotch. She is killing her role as Monet Tejada in a good way. Nothing about her acting seems forced. It's very believable. I'm loving her character. Now, Tariq is applying that pressure to Zeke. Bowser, ain't gonna cut it, bro. I need a favor, and you can't say no. What's the favor? You still doing weekly dinner with your aunt Monet? And just as I predicted, go back and check the previous episodes. I said that Tariq would get his sit down with Monet and they would come to a truce, put everything on the table, and she would help him out. And she agreed to it. I think it's going to work out well for them. And speaking of what I think, now it's time for predictions. When I was watching the previous two episodes, and they showed us the relationship between Professor Milgram and Professor Reynolds. I was thinking to myself, man, what on earth does this have to do with the storyline of this show? Like, I'm not interested in this storyline at all. But I see somehow, or I think I see, where it's tying in that um, I predict that Professor Reynolds' career or his job at Stansfield is over. Professor Milgram heard what was happening in the next room. And now she is probably scorned even more. Do I need to say the rest? Do I need to spell it out? I predict Professor Reynolds will be fired next episode. And that being said, Tariq will no longer have any issues academically. Because Professor Reynolds is the only one that was giving him trouble. I predict Professor Reynolds is out of here. Also, Officer Ramirez cannot continue to hide shit for the Tejada family. It's not good for his career. It's not good for him personally. It's not good no way how you slice it. He's gonna figure that out at some point and he's gonna stop sticking up for the Tahada family. He's gonna stop holding her down because she don't really wanna deal with him on the level he wants to deal with her. She's just using him. Soon he's gonna figure that out and he's gonna stop messing with Monet. With Monet agreeing to help Tariq out? I predict that Tariq is gonna get enough product and move enough product to do what he got to do to make enough money to pay off Davis McLean so his mom's gonna have a good shot out of getting out of prison. Kane didn't get a kill today, and this ain't a major one, but I'm just saying hopeful, hopeful thinking, wishful thinking. I predict Kane gonna kill somebody next episode. And that's it for predictions. Now it's time for the Ain't No Way. What the? How the? So after Kane shot up the GTG hangout, they got low. And as soon as they walked out the door, Popo was right there to give chase. Rest in peace to Breonna Taylor. You deserve justice, Black Queen. That cop chasing Kane and Drew? Uh Uh-uh. Ain't no way that's happening. That cop wouldn't even broke a sweat. After Kane and Drew stretched on him out of fear for his life, he would have pulled out his pistol and shot both of them in the back dead because he feared that two black men running away from him was going to do some harm to him. And he wouldn't have had nothing to deal with either. Ain't no way no white cop chasing two young black boys. It ain't happening. We already know how they do. We know how they did to Mike Brown. We know how they did to Jacob Blake. And ain't no way you know damn well you had your eyes on them the whole time you chasing them down the block. You know they hiding behind that shipping container. And just because your partner says, hey, let's go, they went this way. Uh do you want to miss them? You just gonna put your pistol back in your hip and turn around and walk away. Uh-uh, ain't no way that's happening. We know how that would have went down. Kane and Drew would have been gasping for air, coughing up blood on their way to the pearly gates because of a trigger-happy cop. Cops that look like that don't chase boys that look like Kane and Drew. They pull out their gun, blow their fucking head off, and go home and sleep like nothing happened. Ain't no way a cop tucking his tail and saying, oh, well, I guess I missed him. And y'all already know that. White cop chasing two black boys. Tuh, on what planet? Ain't no way. That's it. That's all, folks. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Limitless Experience with Eric. I appreciate you guys. Talk to you next week. Peace out.